Seasons change. Why not your tech? Upgrade now during the Dell Technologies Summer Sale event and save on select PCs, like the XPS 16, powered by Intel Core processors. You'll be able to bring your most intensive projects to life with built-in AI, minimalistic design, immersive visuals, and cinematic audio. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to exceptional tech and electronics, plus free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at dell.com deals. That's dell.com deals. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500. Hi, welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Great show today. Show about motivation. Show about small businesses focusing on opportunities on how you can be successful, not only in your small business, but in everyday life. That's what Money Making Conversations is all about. The next guest is a singer, actress, comedian, and mother. Her stepping stone to fame was the TV show Martin. But you can catch her tonight on VH1's Daytime Divas. And on Sunday, Stars Survivor's Remorse. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations to Sheena Arnold. Hello, hello. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with Money Making Conversations at all. Thank you. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Tell you, first of all, I'm going to tell you something right now, Tashina. I watch your show, so we can talk about anything. 
about these shows. You you can talk about the character. So I'm not one of these really? guys that you called <laughs> in and I kind of know, oh, yeah, that show really good. I, y'all go watch it. I know about Cassie and Chin. You understand? Oh, wow. You know, oh, wow. I know the Unc is dead. I know about that. You know what I'm saying? I know Ron Rico, what he did with his daddy in the restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I know y'all from Dorchester, you know, right outside of Boston. I know, you, I know you about all this. You would win a quiz on the show. If we had to do a quiz, you would win. You probably know more than I do. It ain't a bad thing because that's what fans are supposed to do. And I'm a fan of your work. Thank I'm a fan so of your work, and before, and I'm not going to leave this out because I asked, I asked them for two breaks because it's a couple of things I want to talk about. First, I want to talk about the Lupus Foundation. We're going to talk about that later because that's important okay. to me. And know you have a fan if you ever doing a gala, doing a walk. Contact Rashawn McDonald, or you contact oh, Rashawn McDonald, and I will put it on my social media because that's an oh, important. Thank you. Because my thank creative you. producer Tracy Logan has the same illness. Oh, wow. Yes, so, that as well. Well, that's good. We appreciate it because uh, like, we're trying to get the word out. There's so many people suffering from lupus. So absolutely. Absolutely. That. And know that, way we can get know that that's important to me. And I wanted to get that out. And we'll talk about it later on when we close out the show because I, that's important. And I'm always there for her, not only as a you know an employer, but a friend and understand the things that she goes through to, you know, live a quality life every day. And uh, it's important. But uh, let's go back to the star power of you, young lady. You got two Uh, TV shows. Two TV shows. (laughs) Well, God has blessed me to keep working. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. And you do keep working. I like work. (laughs) People, if they are not watching Daytime Divas, which is from from Star Jones, who used to be from The View, and uh, she wrote a book called Satan's Sisters. And I know Star Jones because Star Jones went to college with me at the University of Houston. Oh and, really? Okay. And, I, and then and then executive produced by Suzanne DePass, who yeah. gave me one of my first writing jobs on Sister Sister sitcom. Oh wow! Okay. okay. So so so, so no, Tashina, <laughs> we all in this thing now. Now your right, character yeah. is a comedian, and basically I'm just letting everybody know if you've seen the talk, if you've seen the view, it's, it's that's that setup, but the story is off stage. That's right. the story. Exactly. It's what happens in the women's lives outside of the talk show. But, you know, the one thing about those group of women is that they all will have each other's backs. Right. So, so they, they mess with each other. Right. They don't want anybody else messing with you. So, you know, they take care of each other. But, yeah, you know, it's it's, um, it's definitely based off of um, Star well, Jones' uh, book, Satan's Sisters. Now, the, the cool thing about it is that your character went on a little journey because your character, and if I'm saying anything wrong, you can correct me, your character was, was all about you in the beginning, okay? Mm-hmm. It was all yeah. about you. <laughs> you know, it was all about you, you know, trying to get that, that left chair, you know, that left chair, and all about what it's going to be so you about you. You lingo down, too. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I watch the show, and I'm a fan because of the fact that it's, it's a well-written show, and I love the fact that anytime I see a show with strong African-American characters, and that show has it. And also, I like Sean's character. He was the executive yeah. producer on the show. That's a strong, diverse character emotionally for me. Yes, yes. And then Vanessa yeah, Williams. Sweet Come on now. The best yep, of me. you got Vanessa Williams. I mean, it's a great cast of people. And we really enjoyed um, doing, you know, uh, playing those roles, you know, because this is a brand new show. 
Um, and it was Star's vision, and I'm happy to, you know, that she her, her vision is literally playing out. <laughs> right, you know, and the, and the cool thing about the show is that they have celebrities on the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, it's like, you so know, like when you ran into uh, to, uh, uh, Tamara Maori. At the at the at the at the at the clothing store, y'all was yeah. fighting over that shirt. <laughs> yeah, yep, we are too. <laughs> and, and so and so she told you, you ain't got no job on the real. You ain't got no job on the real now. You know, you better get your butt back on that show. Exactly. And so my whole thing is that when you get these roles, you know, because you're you're a talented singer, you know, and then right. and then you're you're funny, you're attractive, and then you can and then you then you're dramatic, and all these things. And so so if you watch the series. You know, you, you start out and guess what? And you're a woman's woman. You know, you you know, you 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 let everybody know you still got it going on. You still fine. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's I important. I what little bit I got left. Yeah, man. guess what? I and do. I think that's important because sexy don't die. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say sexy. I you know I always chose comedy. Comedy came natural to me, and mm-hmm. I really love doing drama, but. You know, you got to get ugly for comedy. Right, That's what right. I love about it. You mm-hmm. know, there ain't no time to be playing no cute games. Right, <laughs> right. Right, and that and that's what happens in this series, and so and so in the last series, in the last episode I just saw was the episode where this is what I was talking about—the journey of your character—and I'm and I'm talking about the show because I'm not trying to reveal, you know, key plot points in the show because right. I feel everybody should watch watch started tonight. If you have not seen the series from the beginning, you can binge watch it. Just go on demand and binge watch the show. It's well worth it. You will laugh. You will, you, the characters are very relatable. Vanessa Williams' diva role is fantastic. It has we salacious. Love, we love her. I love Vanessa Williams. She's just an awesome person. I love the word about. salacious plot lines. I'm talking about <laughs> these characters, they go beyond just normal behavior. But I love the fact that in the end, when you came back and defended Kibby character, you know, yeah. you saved her character. And that's what I was saying is that your character uh, is, is more than, in, in the beginning, you know, you was about you. And if Vanessa Williams stopped you in the hallway, she said, really? You yeah. you about somebody well, other than you? Tell me about that journey and when you take these roles. Are you looking to develop your characters or just yeah. be funny and do what they tell you? No, no, no. Never just be funny and do what they tell you. That is never the key to success, nor being happy at what you do. Um, I have to, like I was asked to do this to, to this role you know, and play the part of Mo, which is always a pleasure because when you're asked to do something, that means they trust your opinion on right. how you, what choices you will make. And um, right. with Mo, I just, it just, the character screamed out at me. I just laughed and laughed, and I saw that she had a lot of heart. Right. But I kind of loved the fact that I was, you know, that I, I would be hated a little bit by a lot of people, <laughs> which was cool, too. But it's somewhere, there's a reason for it. You know, there's always um, a deeper, there's a, a deeper uh, layer to right. uh, every character. And the layers that, uh, that, that Mo has really uh, in, in, intrigued me, which was one of the reasons why I really, really wanted to play the role. Right. Um, and that's what I like. I mean, everything is in the writing, you know. And black women, we need to be, we, we're so many things, so we should be represented correctly. Right. And uh, that's always a fight, you know. It's always, you know, you got to keep that integrity. But that's me as a mom, me as, a, as an actress, me as a survivor right. of 
being in show business so long. You know, people call me a legend, but, I, you know, I'm a survivor. I've right. been able to be in the industry over 36 years. I've seen a lot of people come and go, but mm-hmm. I wake up every day loving what I do. God's blessed me to, to do what I love doing, and I respect it. So I put it in high regard, so I'm going to treat it that way. Well, uh, that's the show we're talking about right now, because we're going to talk about other shows, Survivor's Remorse which premieres this Sunday, August 20th on Stars. We're talking about here currently is her other show that's on VH1. You can watch it tonight. It's called Daytime Divas. And one of the things that I like about the characters, they are strong female characters. They are diverse. But one of the things that you said something in your speech is the fact that you are a mother. You're a single mother. You know, and that, that so what you do on screen plays an important role to what your daughter sees. Is that correct? Most definitely. I had a, you know, when my daughter was younger, I had a a rule, you know, if she can't watch it, I don't take the role. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, now she's older, you know, she could stomach Mo a little more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because Mo got a couple of moments in that truck. Yeah, (laughs) but you know what? Even if she was younger, I still would have taken the role of Mo because... Um, it's just the way they are, they're developing the character. But right. I always said, you know, I, I, I have to take full responsibility for my position in life. And that is, I am a mother first. So right. I have to represent myself correctly as best as I can. Now, you know, I also have a lot of young people out there that look up to me and that are, are looking up to me, like my fellow, you know, actors that look to me, you know, hey, you survived this long. What, what, how can you help us? Or how can, so I, the best way I can help anybody else is helping myself, and that's making the right choice. Try to make the right choice. And you make the right choice over I and try. over again. I and try, I try, I try so hard. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to tell, tell you something. You know, when I've asked you to come to the Neighborhood Awards or the Hoodie Awards, you've come there, you know, oh, yeah. and that's, that's giving you time because you knew that made people or your fans feel good, that you care about them, of that you have course. time for them. Where would we be without the fans? They, as long as they enjoy it, they keep us working. So why would we not? Now, you know, I, I was reading something about this. You have something that you do with your daughter on Instagram. It's called Morning School Playlist. Yeah, School Morning Playlist. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started that because my daughter, she is just so talented. She really is. She has a lot of gifts. God gave her the gift of, of dance. <laughs> she gave her the gift of song. Uh-huh. And now she wants to do some more acting. So I said, okay. But I, I was a single mother. So starting out, it was just like, oh, my God, we're fighting in the mornings, trying to get dressed, rush right. to school. Right. And I said, somebody has got to feel my pain right now. Uh-huh. So I said, how do I turn this around? How do I make this a pleasant experience for both she and I? Uh-huh. And I said, you know what, baby, let's turn on some music. And I started turning on music, and she just learned all these songs. And, <laughs> and she listens to music all the time. So I said, you know what, let me start recording it and mm-hmm. sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. And it does. It, I mean, I, it just got such a great response from people. People are like, oh, can you please put some more videos up? You know, we love watching your daughter and you in the morning. So I don't mind when people, I don't mind sharing our faults or our, or mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. Uh, personal lives. If it's going to help somebody else and i saw that me and elijah what we were going through in the morning time mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. helping other mothers get their kids ready and then just even if you know that somebody else is going through it and you're not the <laughs> only one it, <laughs> it helps so um, it just kind of developed from there and elijah enjoys doing it it's amazing i'm laughing because i'm getting this, i'm watching the video because it plays back on my facebook stream and I'm getting to see you guys act silly in the car. She's dancing in the back seat, and you in the front oh, seat dancing God. and things like that. So this is on your Instagram, 
at Tashina Arnold morning school playlist, correct? Yeah, school morning playlist. School morning playlist. You, well, I'm just, yeah, I keep I saying it wrong well. because they put it wrong on this piece of paper. It's all good. It's, it's all, all good. good. Okay. You, listen, your man, you got good memory because you remembered a lot of stuff about both my well, shows. Well, I'm going to tell you I this. Remember. We got some more to talk about, uh, which is in particular, you know, survivor's remorse. I, I, I left that whole first section about daytime beavers because when you're a star, you don't just cram everything into one break. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the dramatic end to the third season. We're going to talk about that car crash when oh. Unc died, your yeah. brother. We're going to get emotional. We're going to laugh. Stay tuned. Y'all hang in there. I got the great, legendary, funny singer, single mom, Tashina Arnold on the call. We'll be right back with more money-making conversation. I'm back. I got to bring her back up real quick. She's on hold. She hung in with me for one break. Now we're going to wrap up this next break because premiering this Sunday, August 20th, is the fourth season of Survivor's Remorse, starring Tashina Arnold on Stars. Tashina, how you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? Now, here's the great thing about it is that, is that in real life, you're a single mom. On this episode or this series, which is, uh, I'm going to tell you, I had Ron Rico Lee on earlier. And I'm going to just tell you because I don't, I don't, I want to make sure you hear what I'm saying about how I love this show. This show is, from an African-American standpoint, is is one of the best shows I've seen in my life. Oh, wow. Thank you. I got to say this because it's a dramedy. And I say that because very few shows have the ability. We want to know what a classic dramedy is, MASH. MASH is one of the all-time great classic dramedy series in television history. Well, one minute you're crying, one minute you're taking on the emotional journey, and then the next minute you're laughing. And you're wow. finding every character relate, relatable. And that's what the key of this show is all about. And you play a single mom on this show to M. Chuck and to Cam. And Cam is the basketball superstar who's, who they, they, this family migrated down from Boston, Dorchester's their community, to live in Atlanta. So they're coming down. The whole Atlanta is a new experience. I'm just I'm just, I'm just painting the story for them so they won't be lost when you we start really talking about good. it. You are good. I need to take you on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I love the show. I, I, I love the show. I tell you, sir, my wife has cried twice on this show. She cried oh. She cried when Uncle Ju died, you know, oh, that car yeah. accident. Woo! I'm telling you something. That was a bad moment. Oh, and, then, and then the hospital scene. Woo! I'm telling you. And then, you know. I'm just letting everybody know. I'm not going to go in detail because you need to, as they say, start binge-watching the series this week so you can be ready for the August 20th premiere on Stars. Yes, yes, yes. Tell us yes, about your character, ready. Cassie, who now has a relationship with Shin. Yes, and I'm, I'm just going to give you a little backstory. Um, Shin is played by Robert Wu, great actor. He came on, we had a scene together, and the scene that we had together just was so... He just did so well. And I was like, you know what? I really want to delve a little. I want my character to um, delve a little deeper into this relationship because for so long I have not seen on television black women adorned. Right. I truly loved. Right. And I said, you know what? I want him to 
you know, truly love her and show his love to, for her. And what better way than to have a billionaire love you? <laughs> right, 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 right. So, um, you know, it's, and it's every woman's fantasy to be loved like that. Right. So I said, let's let's do it. And and Michael Malley, the good thing about him is that he uh, he's not an executive producer, but every season, mm-hmm. you know, we as actors, we individually sit there and we go in the writer's room. Wow. At the beginning of each se- season, and we talk about what where we see our characters. Mm. We talk about our storyline. So, your survivor's remorse is, you know, a, a lot of our input as well, because you know, we, we, you know, when you play a character, but for so long, you know, mm-hmm. it becomes a part of you. And of course, you wanted to see it grow. You want to see, you know, different, you want to experience different things. So that was one of my things with Cassie. But this season, we have <laughs> the amazing Isaiah Washington, who is coming on. And he just comes on and just, whew, Now, he's Cam's father, show. correct? Yes, he is Cam's father. Okay, and now and that that's how this last season ended when he went to visit him in jail, correct? Uh huh. Okay, that's cool. Correct. So, so I'm not going to reveal too much. Yeah, you don't want to tell because there's so many different. This year, you're going to see so many different plots and storylines. You'll still see us as a family cohesive, but right. you know, we uh, yeah. Well, we the, the, the key, the, the thing I liked about I like about the series is first of all. When I was talking to Ron Rico, is the anger because it's a family, you know. You got money now, didn't have money, mm-hmm. kind of little hoodish, little hoodish. <laughs> you yeah, know. got got to have the hood in you. <laughs> you no, kind of, and, and but you but you but you respect the, you respect your son. Now you yes. have two children. Uh, let's break down to the, to the listener and to the viewer about your child M. Chuck, which is short for Mary Charles, mm-hmm. and then. Cam, who's the basketball superstar, who was signed to play basketball at the uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. Yes. Now, um, they both, uh, as we, we established that um, I was raped, gang raped, uh, by um, one of M. Chuck. Well, she, you know, she went down that path of finding her father, M. Chuck. And then um, Cam's father, uh, obviously now, is Isaiah Washington. So, mm-hmm. um I have two children that are obviously completely different. <laughs> right, right. But um, who love each other and who um, who are basically are my life, you know, as with any other mo- any mother, you know. We make our children our lives. And, you know, I think Cassie does put Cam in a position because he is the moneymaker. He right. is, you know, but she he's still her son, and I don't right. think she ever loses sight of that. Uh, so she's always going to give him his her honest opinion. She's never going mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, steer him wrong. Right. Now, her opinion can right. vary. Right. 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 <laughs> it can be a little different sometimes, but it's because she's been through it. You mm-hmm. know, it's because she's she's overcome a lot of different obstacles. So, mm-hmm. you know, she she has the right as mm-hmm. the matriarch of the show as well to um to to, to let's just say speak her mind and she has no Cassie has no problem doing it now th- let me ask you this because whatever you do because this is the drama side of the series and when you start getting involved with death scenes and and still have to be funny and you know because one scene is written sad and the other scene you have to deliver a funny line mm-hmm. to break the ice as an actress how do you build on that how did you create that moment um, you go with the moment. You mm-hmm. believe the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all of us as actors on the show, we all insert a little bit of ourselves. I know mm-hmm. that I do. 
try to with every role that I take so that I will be believable. Mm-hmm. But you insert a little bit of yourself and you try to identify with what's going on in the actual scene. Mm-hmm. And um, we have great writers. So you that better believe it. Helps. <laughs> you better believe you got great writers, girl. When you have good writers, Woo! that is always a great combination. So because of our writers and because of, you know, the, our executive producers and because there's such a great vision for this show, and we try to play that vision out as best as possible, it makes it a little easier. And, you know, like I said, it comes, you know, a lot of it is our own input. Right. So now, it makes the, it a little easier. Well, there's the, some the, things the thing, that are harder to play in you some, you know. You know, uh, being a sitcom writer. And knowing what you have to do, and that's why I just love. First of all, you got to have talent. And when you look at cast, such a talented, talented cast. When the show came out, the big fanfare was it was LeBron James executive produced. That's what that was the hype on that. And I'm just telling everybody who's listening or who's watching on my Facebook page, and who will hear playback on my iHeartRadio podcast, that this is a show that is incredibly funny, a cast that is very relatable. And the diversity on this show is amazing. And the thing I like about the show is that when I go to M. Chuck, I see an angry young lady, but a beautiful young lady. Uh And she's trying to find herself. She's in a lesbian world. You know, she has a major voice, but she doesn't even know who she is. And the season ends with her trying to find her father. That's how the season, that's that's the season four storyline, correct? Yes, yeah, so that's one of them. We got one. a lot of storylines, but yes, that's one of them. Sure. And, and then, and then you have, and then the other storyline. Just setting the tone for storylines. Now, Cam, I'm assuming one of his storylines is going to be his relationship with his father. Correct. Most definitely. Yep. I okay. have two kids pursuing their their past with their father. Okay, cool. Then, if if the if he's going to pursue his relationship with his father, then once his father Isaiah Washington comes in the world, that means there's going to be some connectivity with you. Correct. Yes, correct, without me telling the storyline. Which means there's <laughs> yes. going to be a problem with the billionaire. Uh, well, you know what? It may, it may not. You ah, never ah, know. I'm, I'm, I'm good, right I'm good. Look, you ain't going to get it out of me. I'm telling you right now. And then you got Reggie and Missy, who plays his wife on the show. Mm-hmm. And Reggie is the cousin who's also the manager, because Missy is so busy trying to make sure he has a career outside of Cam. And mm-hmm. Cam's fighting with that, because guess what? The reason he's here is because of Cain. Yep. Yep. So you're going to see that relationship dynamic. It's some great. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something, Tashina <laughs> Arnold. I am a fan of Survivor's Remorse. <laughs> <laughs> you are real. Listen, you have proven yourself to be a true fan. That's for sure. I'm a fan and we because. Love, we, this is what we want people to do. We want you to dissect it. Mm-hmm. We want you to pay attention to those little things. Mm-hmm. We want you to have an opinion. We actually do listen to people that follow us on Twitter and they mm-hmm. give us their opinion on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We pay attention to all of that right. because we want to be able to service everybody. Okay, but we before really we. Do. Before we get out of here, again, let me just tell everybody, I want to talk about the foundation. Before, because we hit on it a little bit in the beginning, but I want to give it the time that it deserves. Now, Survivor's Remorse, the fourth season, premieres this Sunday, August 20th on Stars. Now, if you've never seen an episode of Survivor's Remorse, I'm talking right now to to Sheena Arnold. I have Ron Rico Lee on earlier. A fantastic cast. It's a dramedy. Something that's not on TV right now. An amazing African-American cast with a lot of diversity. That's the great thing about this show. 
Now, you can binge watch. Just go yeah. to On Demand. <laughs> go to On Demand. Just binge watch. Just just start, just just get you some water, get you some Cheetos, and start laughing. <laughs> you know, pause on the bathroom breaks and go do your thing. Hilarious. Because you need to be ready for we this Sunday. A lot of people do binge watch the You show. got to binge watch because it's, it's great. It's not that long. Episodes go by like that because yeah. it's a half hour. It's a half yeah. hour. Now, with that being said, I talked to her about the Lupus Foundation. Give me some details of why it's important and how we can, you know, either donate now or participate in any cause that you have in relation in relation in relation to this in the future. Yes, well, well, I I have my sister and I have an organization called the We Win Foundation. Yes, my ma'am. sister has seven autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. The, the seventh one she was diagnosed with was lupus. Mm-hmm. She asked me to talk about it. I said, you know, once I open my big mouth, <laughs> no, there's going to be no stopping. <laughs> but we started talking about it. And, um, you know, we once we, once we start talking about it, we found that so many people were suffering from it. Absolutely. And even if you weren't suffering from it, somebody knew somebody else Absolutely. that was suffering from it. From, and it really affected, it's affecting our, uh, black and Latino women the worst. And, and, and even men. And mm-hmm. we, uh, so what we've been doing is just talking about it and just teaching everybody to listen to your body. Right. Don't be afraid to go to the doctor. See, my sister had lied dormant for a long time. Mm-hmm. So by the time it was her seventh disease that she was diagnosed with, she told the doctor, well, just give me a pill and let me keep it moving. And he's right. like, no, it's incurable. Mm-hmm. So that's when we was like, okay, we got to really figure this out. Mm-hmm. So once we started talking about it, and we, we our, our motto is is, is, is the reason why we say we win, that's what my, my sister says all the time, is mm-hmm. because you can, despite your obstacles, despite your illness, mm-hmm. you can get through it. So mm-hmm. we want to take, take care of people and help them now. You know, we were looking for a cure, but just any sort of relief. If somebody pays your telephone bill, that's one less thing you right. can about right. you know so we're just we're, we're trying to help people the best way we know how and uh and teach awareness and 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 let's get it from the beginning let's let's not wait even with prostate cancer and all this stuff we let's pay attention to our bodies and not be afraid to go to the doctor awesome it's called the uh we win foundation.org yes. it's the yes. we win foundation.org it was started because of a sister but it benefits everyone Yes. Please go yes. to this site today, wewinfoundation.org. It's about lupus. As soon as I saw that part came to me, I immediately sent it to uh, Tracy, Tracy Logan, and she, oh. uh, you know, she said, thank you. It's about this is what we need. We need people who, who put the word out. Let them know and we need, isn't yeah, we need people like you, and I appreciate it because you know a lot of people. When you're not going through it, mm-hmm. most of the time you don't care. You like keep it moving, but until it affects you, that's when you're like, oh, wait a minute. And that's what happened. You know, even with me and my sister, I, I took it. You know, I'm thinking, okay, well, she'll be all right. You know, and 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 it really dawned on me. I got a rude awakening when we were going through the airport, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Vinay, come on, hurry up. And she said, I can't untie my shoe. So wow. something as simple as tying your shoe, brushing mm-hmm. your teeth, mm-hmm. it, lupus affects people in so many different ways. So, you know, just be, you know, you're, I'm, a, I'm considered as a caregiver. Right. You know, and, um, you know, even uh, us caregivers, we got to learn how to deal with the people that have lupus and other autoimmune Well, my friend, uh, I got to head you for a half hour. <laughs> uh, we I talked know. about Daytime Divas. Watch it tonight <laughs> on VH1. Daytime Divas. She plays, she plays the character Mo Evans. Sunday, August 4th on Stars, 
The fourth season of Survivor's Remorse plays the role of Cassie. She has an organization that's trying to find a cure for lupus. WeWinFoundation.org. She's a mother, you know, single parent. She's doing her thing. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, give some love. Continue to support the one and only, Tashina Arnold. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. My next guest, I'm going to just tell you he's a musical genius. I'm going to just put it out there right now. He is a musical genius. He's an American singer, songwriter, and record producer. He's written and produced over 26 number one R&B hits throughout his career, and he has over 11 Grammy Awards. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Kenny Babyface Edmonds. How you doing, sir? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, last Good. time you saw me, I was running around your dressing room at the Hoodie Awards telling you how great you were, and man, you were special. And you probably thought I was crazy. <laughs> I, well, I thought you, you were special. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Now, here's the great thing about it, because whenever I get a chance, when I've had you on the radio show, I just love to talk about your career, Kenny, because of the fact yeah. that you're a performer, and a lot of people don't know, because they hear the music, but they don't connect the dots that that's, that you wrote that song. Uh, right. is, is that important to you, or is, as long as you get the check, it's all good? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's I think it's important. But I don't. It's still not something that I run around talking about every day. But you know, as long as ultimately, I think people are starting to kind of put it together. Absolutely, so, you know. because you've been on the you've been on the road. That's when I put it together. It's it's it's, it's yeah. really crazy. I I just had uh, Anthony Hamilton on the on the on the on the uh, on my show, and we were yeah. talking about one of his songs, and I didn't know you wrote that song. You know, oh, and yeah. uh, you know, because I was talking about a lyric was saying that uh, I thought that me, me, me and God had it like that. And I said, right. that was an amazing lyric that, that and he said, man, Babyface wrote that lyric. I go, huh? <laughs> because, when, because that's how, because that is such a natural thing that you do with your lyrics, you know, you know, you know, how do you, how, what is the process? Uh, let me just slow it down. I don't want to get excited because we've got a lot to talk about. I'm glad you made time to do my show because of the fact that you are a genius. You are a, a person that. R&B hits, pop hits, you know, you cross all genres as a producer. What 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 makes Kenny Babyface Edmonds tick? Well, you know, you mentioned like like with um with Anthony like coming up with that line. Right. That line wouldn't it wouldn't exist without Anthony. Right. M- meaning that when I hung out with him mm-hmm. and was just talking with him, it's like that's how he talks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just I just pick up on people and 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 say what they would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh because it, and that's kind of like where you get it from. You watch people and you hear you hear music and lyrics all the time if you just watch and listen. Now, here's the great thing about it. Uh, I want to say would, would you say that the Grammy is the is the ultimate music award? Is that correct when I say that? Uh yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of like the Oscars, of, the Oscars of music yeah, awards. Yeah, kind of like the Oscars. No, no okay, question, cool. it's like the Oscars for a musician. Right. So, because you got twenty six of them as a producer. No, no I, I only have eleven. Oh, wait, eleven. You got twenty six number one R and B hits, 20, eleven Grammys. Okay, I apologize. Yeah. Now, to get that means that there has to be a level of consistency and trust. 
And when people come to you, do they come to you with any level of expectations? Um, they come, I think at this particular point, they could, I don't know if they come with thinking that they're necessarily going to get a hit, per se. Mm-hmm. They come to get quality. Right, um, right. Real song. Right. Uh, right, and so and 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 hoping that that ultimately turns into something. But I think so. The days of where people kind of just are at least coming to me. They don't. They're coming not coming to me thinking they're going to get this huge hit song. They come in search of a song. With that being and, said, uh, you because you, you were recently inducted into the uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame, right? In, yes. In June. Yes. Now, now when you was inducted into that, that that's like the, that's that's. That's that's like the well. You was on the in 2013. You was in, you had a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and yeah. now you're into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. So, does, are those are those equal, or one means more to you? Songwriters means more than the Hollywood star, no question. And why is that? Because that's what I am. I'm a songwriter. I don't necessarily consider myself a star. I consider myself a songwriter. But you, but you're also a performer, and that that's yeah. key too. So, so. When you're making that, well, guess what? I met you when you was a performer way back in the day. But now you then you went to become a songwriter, you know, and all that. So what 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 keeps that balance going? Because you're a special guy. And I, I say that, and I hope I'm not embarrassing you when I say that, because of the fact that you do incredible things with music. You affect how people live their lives. Your songs come on the radio, and they, change, they can change how I feel in a given day. That's, that's amazing to have that quality, don't you think? No question. I mean, that's that's how music has always affected me, and that's why I, I love being a part of it. You know, love writing it. And so it's it, it is certainly something that that you feel proud of, and and because of because of writing music and, and what I've done, it's it's put me in situations you know with with amazing people and people that I grew up you know uh, listening to and was a fan of people that I looked up to. You know, mm-hmm. I've been able to be with those people and, you know, hang out with, you know, the likes of Stevie Wonder where I can call Stevie a friend. Right. And uh, and that's that's all because, you know, it's really because I listened to him and I and I learned how to write music, you know. I, I learned what was important. You know? the, the importance of, of what you're doing. Now, when you're on tour, now, that's when you, now, you, you, you do a lot of the songs that you've written, correct? For other yes. artists, correct? Yes. Okay, that's when... It become it, that's when it just opened up to me how great you were. Let me just tell y'all something. Let me just, if you don't mind, give me a couple of minutes. I'm a, and we can interact while I'm telling this. Some of the songs that you're very familiar with, fans, listeners, watchers, "Don't Be Cruel," Bobby Brown, "Every Little Step You Take," Bobby Bobby Brown, "Superwoman," Karen White, you know, "My My My" by Johnny Gill, "End of the Road," Boys to Men. <laughs> Can We Talk, Tevin Campbell. I'll Make Love to You, Boys to Men Again. <laughs> Red Light Special, TLC. Sitting Up in My Room, Brandy. You're Making Me High, Tony Braxton. XL, Shoot, Shoot, Shoot. Come on, that song of the year. Oh, my goodness, man. And then you... Uh, the, the, but then also you've worked with Eric Clapton and you've worked with Madonna, correct? Yes. How, you know, okay, uh, here's the deal with my radio show. and my, I'm also on iHeart uh, podcast as well. This is what it's going to play back as well. 
is that what I'm just trying to say is that I don't want to say because you're so talented. How do you break it down to somebody trying to get in the field that you have mastered, Kenny? I think ultimately what gets you there mm-hmm. are songs. Yes, sir. It's like, you know, when you write a good song and when you write a great song and, and it's a great melody and, uh, and and the track feels good and everything feels good about it, people find it. So in, in all reality, you know, your your credit card is, is your songwriting. You know, that's what gets you in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not... I was writing, I've been writing songs all my life, and so, and initially when I was writing songs, I wasn't writing the right ones. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't getting the attention because I needed to, I needed to fix some things. I needed, it wasn't catchy enough. It wasn't, it wasn't touching people. Right. And so I kept having to go back to the, you know, drawing board and start over again. And that's, and to this day, that's what I do. I'll, I'll write songs and write, work on them forever till I can get them right. So it's, it, you know, Whenever anybody's ever, you know, trying to figure that out, ultimately it comes down to: Are you writing a great song? Are you making something that everybody wants to listen to and everybody wants to sing along with or, or groove with? For right. Whatever for whatever it is. Right. And that's that's the key. And the, the key is that you're also now working on a new album, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. What drives this next album? What emotion or what thought of does anything trigger you to say, "I got to do this album because I have something I want to say." Well, you know, I'm out on the road a lot, and and I feel like new music is great when you can have the right kind of new music. Right. You can't just cut music just for sake of I got a new album. You got to do something that you that you feel like is gonna that that people are looking for and they want to feel, and and they want to have and it helps them have a good time. Or you know, so I think being out on the road helps you figure kind of that out what your audience wants from you, and um, and and so that helps it to that extent. You could you could easily not try to do any new music, and what, and a lot of times people aren't necessarily ready to hear new music from their their favorite artists. Um, yeah, because you but, pay the ticket based on what you heard, correct? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so so you know so it's it is as much a thing today of trying to write that right song that makes the difference at the Ultimate Hood Radio and and create create new. New space. Now, I have to be honest with you. It's a lot easier to do that on a new artist, right? That that hasn't had that shot yet, where people are more willing to listen to because they they because they haven't heard got anything from them. So, so hence, I still write and do things for other artists to this day, and and uh, and always will. And that's called multiple streams of income, correct? Yes, as long as you're doing it with every with everybody else. The whole thing is, I always said, I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, hey, Kenny, I got to go to break. Can you hang on? Because I want to ask you a couple sure. of more questions, my man. Okay. I'm on the phone with the legend, the music genius, who has multiple streams of income. We'll be back with Money Making Conversations and our guest, Kenny Babyface Edmonds. We're going to talk about his tour, his album, and I got an idea. Let's go to Broadway, baby! Let's go to Broadway! I'm on the phone with uh, my man. His credits say American song, sing, singer, songwriter, and record producer. Call him an incredible man. Nice guy. But the hits that he created over the years, not only did he perform, that he's written, affect us every day. When you hear Don't Be Cruel, Every Little Step by Bobby Brown, Super Woman by Karen White, 
or him singing It's No Crime. Whip a pill. That's my song right there. I think that's when I fell in love with you, baby. Whip a pill. And then my, 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 my. I'm talking about Johnny Gill still making money off that song. End of the road, boys to men. The bodyguard soundtrack. Come on now. For the cool in you. That's when I, that that's when you was really cool, Kenny, on that one. Can we talk, Kevin Tampa? Dude. Does the, the do you do you get what some people say? Do you ever have a block? You say, man, but I think what you told me was that you listen to people and that helps you be creative. Is that is that is that the key? That's the key, yeah. So you just you just listen to everyone, watch everyone and listen to everything and that's where you get that's where you get the ideas. And and that's that's like when they say, you know, when a good a great actor is when they listen to the other person and you react naturally, not to the line, but what that person does. And that great creates a great scene. Now, when you when you put together music, when I, when I saw you, when I when I've, I've seen you on stage three times, and I've been fortunate enough to book you one time, so I've come as a customer twice to see you. And um, the the beauty of that is that I get to see an artist who's having a good time, man. And explain that experience of being on stage because I mean, you look like you're having a great time on stage, man. Talk to me about that. Well, I mean. You you can't help but have a good time when when, when everybody else is having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's uh, I mean that that's a big big part of it is um, if if you wouldn't be having a good time if the audience looks like they're having a good time then you you gonna want to get off there as soon as you can. Right, right, uh, right. But but I think when we go through through the songs and you know something else happens when you hit the stage. Right, you become something <laughs> else. I become someone else, and. Uh, and it's and the music takes over and 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 the the uh the stories the songs the it's it's um it takes you back to a time and i i watch it take people back to their to special times in their lives where they're in love or not in love or where they was hurt or not hurt um and all those things kind of make a difference and and so you know at that particular point you're connecting let me let me ask you this um, is, it, is the music is no, we have that strong digital world we live in now today, social media world we live now in now today. Has that changed how you approach your music? Only it changes it in the sense of of, of you're maybe a little more aware of how people talk mm-hmm. and how people say things. People right. say things differently. So, right. you, so as you're writing, not so, so much for myself, but as I'm writing for someone that might be younger, that might, because I'm on a, people, people ultimately only go for songs that they feel that they think are honest. Mm-hmm. So you can't give one song to another person that that, that it doesn't seem like their personality. It just because it doesn't feel real, and so, that, and that's important to you, correct? Yeah, well, because it's it's important because if it's because you know if people don't feel like it's real, then they're not gonna, they're not gonna like it. Let me let me ask you this question. This is me talking, okay, Kenny? Is that when I see um when I when I watched when I went to your show, it was like watching a collection of. Okay, which of those greatest hits? Okay, your your greatest hits and other hits that you produced and, and written over the years. Okay, I see a on Broadway. I see Motown. Uh, I see Mamma Mia. Is there any talk or have that even crossed your mind of taking your collection of amazing songs and because they touch so many emotions and they all tell stories to Broadway? There's been a number of people that have kind of come to me here and there, and I just. Haven't acted on it yet because I haven't found the right vehicle or the right idea for it, um, and uh, and that's a lot of t- lot of time that you have to put into that to make that right. So, 
Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to do it, I want it. It's got to be right. And that means that you have to have time to put into it. Yeah. Because it just seems like it's one of them obvious pitches. And I, I know what you're saying. Don't come to me with something that's obvious. What, what, what's the plan? What's the story? So it makes sense to me. If it makes sense to me and I got the time to do it, then guess what? I do it because guess what? I'm a creative person, and I know and I understand my music history and my music legacy, but you want to put it out there right, correct? Yes. Cool. Now, what's coming up on these tours, man? Where are we going to see you? You on the road well, a lot um, lately or this month or next yeah. month? What's going on, brother? Yeah, I'm I'm out. Uh, I'm uh, in Philly this Thursday, Philly, and uh, I'm in Brooklyn and uh, Coney Island on uh, uh, Friday, and then uh, Columbia, Maryland on Saturday, and then I think next week I got some more dates coming up. So I'm kind of like in and out. But I always like to do these like weekend warrior dates where you kind of go in and out. So because I still do work in the studio, and, and right. uh, I just finished doing a Johnny Mathis album, and. Um, and now working on an album, album myself, and still working with a lot of new younger artists too. So, so I got to kind of, kind of go in and out, hit, hit and quit it. Now you said, did you say Johnny Mathis? I did. I'm gonna tell you something, man. When I come to LA, it's always funny because I, I stay at the Intercontinental Hotel when I come to LA, uh-huh. and I would get up. Every, it was always magical. Every time I would get up and go work out in the gym about six o'clock in the morning, Johnny Mathis was always in there working out. <laughs> Isn't that funny. <laughs> Always in there working. He was working there with two guys. It's always with two guys in there working out. And uh, I had a great conversation with him, man. And and the fact that you tell me today you working with him means that, guess what? He's a machine. And he has something yeah. today he has to say. So when you look at somebody like Johnny Mathis, what, when you start talking about music, because you see you listen to them, what, 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 what are you trying to convey as a writer to, for him? Well, unfortunately, the, the Johnny Mathis project is a, an album that I worked with Clive Davis on where we put together uh, songs of the past. Oh, okay. Great, mm-hmm. For the past 20 years. Mm. So he's doing a song. He's doing, he's doing like, I Believe I Can Fly. Right. He's doing like, You Raise Me Up. Right. And he's, uh, so he's, he's done a collection of songs, about 10 songs, mm-hmm. where he's singing these songs and he's sounding, he's, he sounds amazing. He's amazing. Like 80, amazing. 83 years old and still kicking it and, and looks great sounds great and that's that's who and where i want to be at that age too well you look good you know that now. you look good uh believe me uh it's an amazing man when i get to see because a lot of people only see you as a star they see you as an, and you are man you are don't they, i know you you know you're, you're a very humble guy that's one thing i take away every time i've had the pleasure of meeting with you and being in the room with you is that you're very respectful for the talent around you you treat your staff one level, you know, you don't you don't single out anybody. And that's important having the right people around you, like Susan, you know, who's my contact for you. She's fantastic. It's important. I just want to let people know that. And you should let, can you let people know the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people? Well, I think in, in business, you, it, it's hard to be in this business and, and not step on somebody's toes at some point. Mm-hmm. At some point, you, you're going to, you're going to, have a disagreement and things are going to be aren't always going to go that way but as long as you do it respectfully mm-hmm. and and you you're honest about it and straightforward mm-hmm. about it then then people will respect you I, I i pride myself in being in this business as long as i've been mm-hmm. and not really have any enemies mm-hmm. um and that allows you to return to places mm-hmm. um you, you have to be careful if you if you're kind of like 
you know, kind of stepping on everybody all along the way, mm-hmm. then then if 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 and we all go through ups and downs, you know, uh, nobody's at the top all the time. So, you know, at some point, that person that you stepped on might be the person that might help you get to the next step. So, um, so you should always be careful of that. Right, my man. Um, I have a project I'm gonna bring to you, and uh, I'm running by Susan. Susan said no. We're going to be done with it because she I don't I don't I don't bypass who I talk to on a regular basis. But, man, I want I want to thank you for taking the time. I know she's always been trying to get us together and connect. We connect on the yeah. radio, but I'd love to sit down in person with you just to chop up some things, some visions I have. You tell me some of your it. visions and see if we can work together. Is that cool? I, I love that. Buddy. Hey, my man. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, please. Uh, he's great. If you want to get some of his tickets to see him on tour, go to Ticketmaster. Go to Ticketmaster.com right now. Go to Ticketmaster.com. Com. If you've not seen him on tour, you got to see him on tour. Amazing talent. You've heard him. A wonderful man. Please, nice round of applause for my man, Kenny Babyface Edmonds. My next guest is best known for his roles on the sitcom Sister, Sister and the BET romantic comedy Let's Stay Together. But now he plays a critically acclaimed role and arguably one of the strongest African-American characters on television in Stars, Survivor's Remorse. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Ronrico Lee. Wow. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. Y'all, listen, y'all know how to make a brother feel very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor and a pleasure. First of all, Ronrico, I can hear the humbleness in your voice, and that's what makes you special, man. I got you for two Thank breaks because... I got a lot to talk about because it's a journey that you are dealing with in your life to be a successful entrepreneur in the career, in the field of entertainment. And in yes, the show, I'm going to just tell you something. Um, Survivor's Remorse. First of all, just tell me, what does that title mean before we get into any detail? What does that title mean, Survivor's Remorse? Well, it's funny because at the show's inception, obviously this show is, is, is ultimately the brainchild of LeBron James and mm-hmm. Maverick Carter. And as they've experienced success, and my goodness, they've experienced it to such a, a great degree, uh, they've often referred to this feeling of having remorse because mm-hmm. they've survived, survived their circumstances. Mm-hmm. And they've often felt this pull to go back and to help and feel bad when they can't do everything for everybody. So. That's where the show's title comes from. It really ultimately comes from them and a feeling that they've had over the years as they've uh, grown and expanded their territory. And so they've often felt this survivor's remorse. Okay, I'm going to just tell you this right now. I'm talking, I'm interviewing right now Ronrico Lee, one of the true stars of the Star series, Survivor's Remorse. Ronrico, you can talk to me about this show. I know you're serious. I watch this series. So anything you want to talk about, you can bring it up to me. I know all the characters. I'm not one of those guys <laughs> just bring you on the radio, know a little bit. I watch this series. In fact, my wife cried on the uh, on the, the the episode after. If people, I'm going to do it. If they haven't seen the series, I got to tell you this. But the Mike episode, after everybody was at yes. the hospital, my wife cried yes. on that episode. I look back at it oh, and I go, man. you got to be kidding me. Well, you know how I am <laughs> on episodes like this. Oh, wow. It, it's wow. just that. So you can talk to me about this series. I want to talk to you about this series and other things that you're doing in your life. But also okay. the fact that when you when you get a character like this, man. And I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to just tell you when I watch you, man. You know, it's like impressive, brother. And and and, and, and 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 there are layers in it 
And I want you to tell me about it because some of them remind me of me when I, when in my early years of managing Steve Harvey, because yeah. I was angry a lot because I had nowhere to turn because everybody looked at me for information. And sometimes I didn't have the information. Yeah. And, and if you, and you, if you look at, if you perceived to be the answer, man, and plus, you know, I, I, I managed him in LA. So I was constantly surrounded by, you know, that, that, that gang world, you know, cause everybody sure. came to us. And so I see you step in and out of that a lot. And so, so the, the, the drain on that character for you emotionally, tell me about it. You know, it, it's, it's tough, man. And, and the funny thing, and, and people may or may not know, but, you know, Rashawn was, you know, you and I worked together when I first moved to L.A., and I had so much to learn. And so I look back in the late 90s to, <laughs> to taking on a role, to taking on a role like this. In all honesty, man, if uh, the way God works, if God has shown me the amount of responsibility, the, the page count, the emotional uh, depths I'd have to go to for this role, I don't know if I would have accepted it early on just because mm-hmm. I wasn't 100% sure that it was in me. But mm-hmm. having said that, God never gives you anything that you can't handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has truly been uh, beyond a blessing for me to explore this character, to be given the free range to really explore it and go deep. They've challenged me on so many different levels. And really, uh, you know, just taught me that there was a, an artist in me that I, I didn't even right. know was there. Right. And, um, and, and that's really what this role has been. You know, the, the feedback, the, you know, the, the lack of positive African-American males on television and mm-hmm. in movies. Uh, you know, it, 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 being able to portray this character and get the type of love that I get from the community is, is a reward that it's just I can't even begin to tell you. Um, it, it just feels really great, and um, and it's just a testament to you know uh, enduring the the you know this this business peaks and valleys, and uh, you know there are far more valleys than there are peaks. So when you can get to a, a role like this and, and be given the free reign to, to dig in, uh, it's right. just truly a blessing, truly an honor. Right. You know, it's, it's funny because uh, Ronrico mentioned my name early in his career. And just get, just just go a little deeper on that one. Is that okay. uh, I was a young producer writer on the series Sister Sister, and yep. uh, had the opportunity to be in the casting room and cast yep. him to be one of the love interests for one of the twins. The, the character name was Tariq Scott, and um, and the thing about it, and we develop a relationship off camera where he would yep. talk to me and come to me, and he and one of the things that always always tripped me out about him was. He always wanted to know what to do with his money. Yep. He come, he, it's a serious story now. He come to my townhouse. We sit down. He's Rashawn. Can I come out and talk to you? Because you know I'm making a little money. I don't want to mess it up. And you yeah. know, and young actors don't do that. Which means that he always had a plan that this was going to be his career, and he didn't want to yeah. mess it up. And he wanted to know with the money he made what to do with it. What was that yeah. whole philosophy back then? Because. I love the fact that, you know, I'm now doing, and that's been my crusade now, is telling people how they invest, how to tell people to move their careers forward. And I basically was doing this as a hobby (laughs) (laughs) way back then. I wanted to say, Rico, you were my first client. (laughs) And you know what? I'm proud to be your first client, man. I remember that day in Park La Brea. 
Uh, when I met yep. you, we went and had lunch. You took me to a uh, Harlem Bells for the first time. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and then we went down to Santiago. You took me down to your, uh, one of your tailors. Yep. And, uh, and then we, but really what I remember is sitting down in, in, in your townhouse and, uh, I remember we got, you got the newspaper and we started looking at stocks. And I mm-hmm. remember at the time you were very, very heavy on AOL. Mm-hmm. It always stands out. I mean, mm-hmm. you taught me how to look at those stocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I, it, it was just, you had something, an uh, uh, aura about you that really drew me to you. And the yes, beauty sir. of you was that you made time. Mm-hmm. You made time. And mm-hmm. you, and I, I said it in a post earlier today, man, seeds that you so, you, you so seasoned me that I still to this day uh, uh, reap the benefits of things that you taught me, things that you, just in terms of how you, I've never forget, you said, man, never give L.A. your money. I was always amazed at the fact that you had a, a place in L.A., but your base was still in Houston, I yes, believe. Mm-hmm. And you yes, had a absolutely. whole system. Mm-hmm. You, had a, you had a really nice vehicle that you drove to work, you know, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. After we taped, you had a Suzuki sidekick, I believe. <laughs> you would drive right. to the airport. Right. And, and I remember thinking, like, wait a minute, you mean it's possible for me to go mm-hmm. back to where I was raised yes, sir. and still be able to have a career in L.A.? Mm-hmm. And my, my goal from that moment on was to whatever I had to do to make sure that when it came time to settle down, to buy a house, to get mm-hmm. married, have kids, mm-hmm. I would be able to do, you know, that in Georgia because what Houston was for you, Georgia was for me. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, man, what you, the time you took from me back then, again, man, I was early 20s. Absolutely. And we're talking, you know, two decades later, man, mm-hmm. I am still still drawing from that information, still drawing from that knowledge, man. And I just have, and that's just the, you know, that's just on the business side. There were things you imparted to me as an artist that mm-hmm. I still to this day, you know, I never forget, man. You probably don't remember this, but uh-huh. you know, when I started on Sister, 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 Sister was the first four camera show I'd ever done. Absolutely. It was really the first comedy I'd ever done. And mm-hmm. so for a lot of actors, when you're, when you come into that comedy world, you, you're still trying to get your feelings. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to, find your footing yes sir and i remember you guys cast Dion richmond opposite right right at the same time Dion and i got cast and Dion on is Bud from the cosby show yes and mm-hmm. and came up in a in a you know under the tutelage of a comedic genius with, mm-hmm. with bill cosby mm-hmm. and so i found myself and you noticed that what i started doing was kind of aligning my comedy with Dion's comedy Absolutely. i'll never forget this mm-hmm. you may or may not remember mm-hmm. we was at craft service you just came tap me on the show and said let me talk to you for a second we went and we sat down and basically what you were saying to me was, find your own voice. Yes, sir. You know, we brought Dion in to do what Dion does. We don't need you to do what Dion mm-hmm. does. We need you to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling, I'm not going to lie, I remember initially feeling hurt because as an actor, you're sensitive about your crap, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But the more I thought about it, man, it was some of the most vital information that had ever been imparted on me because what it urged me to do, what it pushed me to do, mm-hmm. was to create what was my funny, not somebody else's funny. And, uh, man, so I, I just want you to know that not only from a business standpoint, a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. but just from a career standpoint, man, you also imparted knowledge and soul seeds in me that to this day I still draw upon, man. And I've never told you thank you for that, but yes. I appreciate it, man, because you could have very easily allowed me to continue down that path. Couldn't. And, you know, I never would have developed my own voice, mm-hmm. but you but you took that time out, man. And that's a, that's something God gave you, man, and it's, it's, listen, if, you're, if you've been a blessing to me, I can only imagine <laughs> the other people 
the thousands and thousands of other people that you've been a blessing to, man. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Hey, Ron Rico, I appreciate you because when I've asked you to come to the Neighborhood Awards to uplift everyday people, you've shown up. And I know your schedule's busy. And the thing about it, man, I appreciate everything that you're saying about me. I appreciate the fact that you have become the man that I knew you could become. And when I watch, when I watch the series, Survivor's Remorse, if it premieres this Sunday, August 20th, yes. um, from M. Chuck, you know, to Cam's character, it's not about them playing on the basketball court. It's their lives off the court. You That's know, right. the new character, Chin, his character, and the, the diversity of the cast, your wife, Missy, you know, yeah. it's really, what it is is they're, 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 they're from the Boston area, Dorchester, <laughs> yep. Boston area. Yep. And they they moved down to Atlanta, Georgia. That's the setting. And he plays for the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Uh-huh. And the owner of the team is in there live. And in fact, uh, let, let, I wanted I'm just I'm just building the picture for everybody who may have not seen sure. the show because sure. the one thing I like about the show, and this is this is the thing about it, it's a great show to binge watch. It's a great show to binge watch. If you have not, it's going into season four. And the great thing about it is that this show will make you cry. And this show will make you laugh in the very next scene. It will make you angry. It will make you understand. It will make you understand relationships. It will make you understand the, 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 the lesbian, gay community. It will yep. make you feel sympathy for everybody who has uh, an emotional plan in life that may not go right. Even, mm-hmm. though, they, even though we won't all want it to right, or go right. One of my favorite. Oh, they telling me we've got to go to commercial. Okay, Marico, hold on, man, because I got because you know the Jupiter character, <laughs> Deshaun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, folks, come on back. I got my man Rico Lee, star of the Star Series Survivors Remorse. We'll be back with more money making conversation. He just did a testimony for me in the first act. The second act, that's going to be his second break. When we come back, we're going to talk about his career, where he's going. He wants to be a director. He's a father of two sons, but more importantly, he is Rico Lee. <laughs> cool. Hi, I'm back. This is Sean McDonald of Money Making Conversations. I have on the phone one of the stars of Survivor's Remorse. It premieres August 20th. Guest stars this upcoming season will be my man Isaiah Washington. He will be playing Cam's father, DJ Callie, Isaiah Whitlock, Vanessa Bell Calloway. This is some of the stars that'll be, you know, stepping in, playing different roles on Survivor's Remorse this season. But this, right now, I got one of the stars, an old friend, a person I'm so proud of, just because what he's doing on this on this TV screen right now is amazing. It's amazing. I'm telling you, when I've I've been I've been casting people, I've been watching people, I've been fortunate to produce hit movies, he TV, hit TV shows, and to watch a talent like Ron Rico Lee do his thing. Effortlessly, effortlessly, it's amazing, and I'm blessed to have him on the call right now. Uh, Rodrigo, you still there, my friend? Oh, oh yes, sir. Okay, tell me about this, the, the father episode, brother. Whoa! Go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the father episode. Come on, man. I'm gonna tell you something, man. That episode, and I'm gonna let you talk because I want you to break down the steps because that had to be one of those episodes where you had to go there emotionally. And when you wrapped up, you couldn't do too many retakes because uh, yeah, <laughs> in the basement boxing and your girl coming down the steps and you throw out that little cute little joke going up the steps. Nice, Teddy. Come on now. 
Yeah, man. Tell us about uh, that episode, man. Let everybody know why they should be watching Survivor's Remorse that premieres this Sunday, August 20th on Stars, And that also well, stars my girl, Tashina Arnold, who will be on the yeah. show later on today. Um, you know, listen, Survivor's Remorse is one of those shows that uh, it's unlike anything on television right now, in my opinion. And, um, you know, it's uh, we've been fortunate enough to, to grow and uh, it's kind of been a slow boil when you look at the numbers, man. They've really, man, we've really, really, really been blessed to have mm-hmm. the numbers. Just mm-hmm. they are, I think they, 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 they almost, you know, doubled by over two hundred percent from I think second to third season. So we've yes. been continually growing. Yes. People are finding out about the show. Mm-hmm. You know, people like you, you know, talking us up, having us <laughs> on your show. It raises awareness of the show. Mm-hmm. I think the episode that you're you're speaking to was the season finale last year. And uh, in all honesty, uh, they had given me some indication uh, mm-hmm. early on of, of of that particular scene, but it, right. it was couple of years ago and so as an actor you kind of you know you take it and you go all right well if it happens it happens if it doesn't right so when it didn't happen i kind of got away from it and uh and and never thought about it and then two weeks before we shot maybe a week before we were scheduled to shoot mm-hmm. uh the executive producer put me aside and said hey man we're, we're, we're putting this scene back in i was like mm-hmm. whoa so uh you know as a, a lot of people don't know when you get into the the, the 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 weekly grind of making a television show you know it's every week it's a new episode and so it becomes difficult to prepare because you're you know you you're shooting one episode right. you got to be thinking about the next episode but you can't afford to not think about the current episode mm-hmm. so it was a lot it was it was a lot it was it was quite the challenge mm-hmm. uh and uh you know the one thing i did do was i was very much right. uh in the uh know as to how they wanted to shoot it and so there were a couple things that I just asked for that I felt would help me, and uh, just kind of in, in, in shooting it. And uh, we didn't we didn't do a whole lot of coverage. Uh, we just simply kind of we got in there and um, we kind of broke it down. I right. think I did it one time all the way through, and then mm-hmm. we went back and we kind of broke it down. Mm-hmm. They gave me a couple points, and I told them I said, "Look, if for some reason it's not feeling cohesive to break it down, we'll just go straight through it." Right. But, you know, it, it worked out that way. Um, I think to go there, people always ask me. I mean, listen, when that episode aired, my DMs, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, were just littered with people that had similar uh, experiences. You know, similar experience. And I was really surprised by the women that were raising children mm-hmm. that, that were having similar experiences. So I was getting it not only from young men, older men that can mm-hmm. relate to it. I was also getting it from women that were ultimately affected by the absence of fathers in their, in their sons' lives. And so for me, growing up in a two-parent household with a father that I absolutely adore, mm-hmm. uh, it was very, very difficult. And so right. uh, for the first time, I think, uh, I actually work with a uh, work with an acting coach, mm-hmm. and uh, and we broke it down over the course of maybe what the two scene or three was. Sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what it was, and more importantly, how I could get there and stay there, and um, and 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 be present throughout that. Because again, people see what ultimately equates to eight, nine, maybe ten minutes of on screen, but it probably boils down to about four and a half hours of actually filming. That's a long time, you know, to to have to sustain. Uh, and so you have to be aware of it. So that day, uh, you know, I just really tried to stay to myself, um, but not too much. You know, right, I, I didn't right. want to just be isolated. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you know, a lot of prayer, uh, a lot of just kind of letting go. 
and just kind of yielding to what this experience was. You know, now I am a father, and a lot of what I was able to draw <laughs> upon is I'm a father, I got two boys. Right. And so what I was able to really do is kind of substitute, you know, uh, what if I wasn't my boy's father? What, right. if, my, what, what if my children's father mm-hmm. uh, was like the guy that I'm sitting across this table looking from and, 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 and you know, digging into? Mm-hmm. And so once we, you know, we had to go through a couple of things to figure out what would kind of ignite that thing in me. And, it, and we found out it would be trying to imagine my children being raised by an abusive father uh, and, and not being there, not being present. And, uh, and as soon as we kind of hit that, uh, you know, a lot of times I think uh, when it comes down to kids, you know, we always think of women being, you know, the mothers being very uh, protective emotionally mm-hmm. and physically of their child. But actually, fathers carry that same trait, and we, we you know, we want to protect our children. We want right. to, you know, love our children. And so in the absence of being able to do that or imagining my kid's life, you know, without that type of protection and then you add on abuse and you add on all the other things that Reggie talked about in that scene, it became very easy to go there. Yeah, it was two things that really stood out for me in the scene. We're talking about a scene in the series Survivor's Remorse where Reggie uh, meets his father. uh, And his father, and it's not a very uh, happy meeting because his father's (laughs) trying to to get back in good graces without, hey, hey, I've recovered. I'm not trying to reveal any of this scene to anybody. But just give you the nuances of what this scene is all about. But there were two things in this scene in this scene that made it a brilliant scene to me. One was when the waitress kept coming into the scene and you said, not right now, which is a classic scene that I've had when I'm doing business in the restaurant. And I yeah. went, wow, man, that was brilliant to have this waitress come in here. And you didn't break stride. And went, not right now. Be with you in a minute. Not right now. Be with you yeah. in a minute. Twice she came yeah. in. And the other great moment in that scene was when you was patting your dad on his back. <laughs> dude, wow. dude, because the pats, they got kind of got a little heavy and then you pulled <laughs> up. So, so I, I like to know when that scene ended, what did he say about those pats on his back? <laughs> uh, you know, Marlon Young is a great actor. I've been a fan of his work for years mm-hmm. and uh, he's very much one of those actors. He didn't want me to, to pull, pull, Pull back, man. Right. He needed to feel it. You know, right. he's one of those actors, and he was certainly there for me emotionally, made himself available. But um, no, you know, it was it was weird even riding to the set. You know, right. he and I had very little interaction. Right. Uh, you know, we kind of wanted this thing to feel like a father and son that hadn't seen each other in, you know, 20, 20, 30, you know, 20, however many years, 18, 20 years. Uh, but, you know, afterwards, it was just, um, you know, it, it was. It, it was just one of those things, man, where two performers get together right. and they connect, mm-hmm. and uh, it just becomes about the material. But yeah, no, the pat he wanted them as hard, you know, he, as hard <laughs> as I could pat him. That's what he wanted, and that's what I gave him. Hey, brother, that scene was phenomenal. But I'm just gonna tell you, man, the, the, the characters that they develop on this show—the Jupiter character, who's the football yeah. player; the Deshaun yeah. character, who was his manager slash pimp slash—I don't know yeah. what it was. Uh, tell us about the upcoming season, man, because I'm seeing the promos and you're getting in a fight here. It looks like you're going yeah. back into the streets a little bit. Tell us about the upcoming <laughs> season here, Rico. 
Uh, well, you know, listen, we got uh, we got ten episodes to cover a lot, a lot of a lot of territory. Right. So I think we do just that. The show, if you look back on the first season, the show has continued to evolve. Thankfully, our audience has continued to embrace us. Hopefully, that will continue because that's the best way to ensure we get subsequent seasons five, six, hey, who knows, seven and eight. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think this season will continue. You'll continue to see uh, you, you see less of the family dynamic, and I just say that uh, when I say that, I mean you don't see as much of the family together. As right. You see everybody kind of in their own worlds, dealing with their own issues, mm-hmm. and just trying to kind of. Find themselves. Heal. Find exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Find themselves. You know, for Reggie, uh, you know, the situation with his father is something that we don't dwell on that much this season. But what we really see with him is he's trying to continue to grow that legacy, and 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 not actually what he's really trying to do this year Mm -hmm. is focus more so on the Vaughns, he and Missy's legacy, Mm -hmm. uh, and and the and the the thing that happens this season is you know what he kind of envisions for his future kind of bump heads with what. Uh, Cam sees, and so right. it's a very interesting dynamic mm-hmm. uh, between the two of them. Uh, Tashina Arnold's character, uh, uh, Cassie, goes on a spiritual journey. <laughs> uh, you know, Cam continues his film, uh, you know, c- continues his work through his foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still growing, and, and we watch him actually take a very uh, prominent role, uh, kind of in, in what serves as our players' union on the show. Um, M. Chuck continues to dig deep into her past and mm-hmm. heal. Uh, and Missy does the uh, Missy's still on that same trajectory of really trying to make sure that when Cam's career ends, uh, you have a career. Reggie's career doesn't end. And so, uh, you know, collectively, everybody's just kind of on their own separate journey. Um, and it's uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a testament to the writers to kind of take a show right. and kind of deviate from its initial inception. I think when it was first sold, it was sold as a thirty-minute sitcom. Right. And it's become a, it's become much more than that and uh it's a drama it it really is it really is and sadly you know there are so few of those that there Mm -hmm. aren't any categories for dramedies Mm -hmm. i think if there were you know survivor's remorse would would get even more critical acclaim than what it currently does but right right now we're a show that i think uh will spawn other shows in the future uh uh, to say that just because you're a 30 minute comedy doesn't mean you can't really delve deep into you know some real emotional storylines that uh, that will make people cry. But then, on, like you said, a scene later will have you cracking up laughing. <laughs> like my wife crying, you know. <laughs> but just crying for a good reason because we, the characters yeah. are relatable. Uh, Ronrico, yeah. man, I um, thank you for calling in on my show. And oh, it's brother. about it's about careers, man. It's about the journey. And I I yes, try to sir. slow it down for individuals like you so we can hear your story and we can hear the the you know the the, the journey. And uh, man, Thanks. you're on a great ride right now, Ron Rico. Uh, I'm a I'm a post on Sunday, uh, a, 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 a banner telling okay. everybody to watch the show August 20th. Please. That's a very Thank competitive you. Sunday, we all know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but man, carve out some time, y'all. DVR it. You know. Yeah. If you have not seen the show, go to on demand, binge watch. This is one of the great great shows. And I'm gonna tell you something. When you start ranking, you know, black shows. African-American shows in history, this is a top 10 show. Oh, brother. From you, that is a tremendous compliment. Thank you. <laughs> My whole show is about survivor's remorse, baby. If they don't know it, they're going to know it about it in the Rashawn McDonald's world. Thank you for calling, man. Money-making conversation. He's a proud father of two. Brown Rico Lee. My next guest is a radio personality. He's an actor, motivational speaker, and well-known comedian. 
Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredibly funny earthquake. What's up there, Money Making <laughs> Conversations, my boy? I'm telling everybody right now, I can't lose these weights. All this weight off me, you keep putting them cupcakes on there. Just sitting down here making all this good food, putting it on my Instagram. I'm going to have to block you, boy. I'm going to have to block you if I'm going to drop this pound. First of all, first of all, earthquake. Many years, our relationship is many years and many journeys. Yeah. And when I look at you, tell me about because you know, you know, we started, man. You know, it's just it's just a website. You know, now you got social media. How has that changed the game for you, the social media? Well, for me, I was to be honest with you, I was a little late to the party. What mm. it does now is allow me to talk. To my to my audience, and you know, I came back from the time me and you together. Yeah. And when the social media first came, the young comedians was on it. Yes, sir. I was like, man, I'm not gonna sit here and tell my jokes out for free. Yes, man, I get paid for them. Yes, and I known that that's what I should have did was go and give it to them for free and yeah. we made it for a better for the better audience. Right, man, I'd have been a lot farther than I am today, boy. So you know. I'm still getting around to it, but it's important. And they judge everything here out here in L.A. now on your likes right. and your followers. Right. And what I tell them is, man, when I tell them from only from my professional as us being comedians, don't tell me how many uh, followers you got. Tell me how many comedians can you follow. Right. That's on stage. Able to step, you step on that stage and go behind six or seven bad comedians mm-hmm. and still hold that audience. Right. I don't care how many followers you got. That's the follow I want to know. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting because, you know, when you say that, because in 2007, that's when I remember, you know, Steve and I sat down and we had this big old mailing list. We had a million people on our mailing list. I was trying to ignore social media. In fact, I was ignoring social media because I felt it was a lot of work. Even though I saw Twitter on all the news anchors, I saw Twitter feeds and Facebook on all the corporate pages and everything. I was trying to ignore it. So, but what I really discovered is that, like you said earlier, in Hollywood, in the media, with advertisers, the number of likes, they deem you as being topical. They deem you as being a person, an influencer. And you said you come late to the game, but guess what? The game ain't late for you because you understand the importance because the first thing out your mouth was talking about social media. Yes. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing that you can just go out here and touch and talk to everybody and they can touch it. And you can put your point of view, in which we have a unique one. I say we the third eye. Yes. We the ones that <laughs> see it. You know what I mean? We, we, make, we make what's prevalent it. So now you can talk to them and we rebel it, you know. And with anything, you got good or bad. But it's, it's working for me now. And that's you why, know, really yeah, because I got some more on the show today, too. And, I'm, and it's the same conversation I'm going to have with her about social media. Because we know it's a beast out there. Like, Kevin Hart is a beast in social media. And then you have okay. other, you know, he's a beast. He's learned to go, okay, this, this is the business side of Kevin Hart, and this is the funny side of Kevin Hart. Then you have people who we don't even know that that out there, they're young comedians. They got four or five million followers, and I never heard of them in my life. But they are relevant yep. because they have that social media follow. That's the business side. And that's why I really started Money Making Conversations. And guess what? I launched it on my Facebook page, which is social media. And that's important on, on the branding process. And that's really important because I remember you you called me, Rashawn, about somebody that said something negative on your Facebook page. And you would get, wanted to get that straight. So it's an important part of your brand, correct, Earthquake? Yes, well, it's very important because, I mean... 
you're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. When you, when you when you say something about me, you need to be factual. Right. Especially, especially if you in this business we call professional entertainment. Right. And if you got a platform and you out here sitting here stating your opinion, then I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you when you put bring my name out your mouth. Right. So I, you know, I reached out to you on that, but right now I'm getting into it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not as hard as I, I should be, but mm-hmm. I'm that kind of guy that this is what I think today. This right. is what part of me and try to spread my brand even more. And as I try, what I'm about to do is get into more what you're professor, what you're great at TVs and movies. Right. I'm going to get into it even more. Absolutely. I need that support. Okay. Because that's important because I, I've seen you grow. As a, as a, in auditions because I've been fortunate to be in a room with casting opportunities that you walked into and every time I've seen you you've gotten stronger and stronger as an actor or I'm going to tell you something I can't act so so I can tell I tell everybody up front that ain't what I do you go where you're supposed to be I, I remember I, we can tell you, we can share this quick story the way I moved and Earthquake is very true when he's talking about who can you follow on stage because because that's how I met him I had to follow Earthquake <laughs> in a club in Atlanta, Georgia. It was earthquake and by five comers. I'm gonna tell you something. If 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 you, you ever heard, put the fire on stage, lit the stage on fire. They don't only lit the stage on fire. They put it out and then they relit it and then they said, "You next." <laughs> that's why I met. That's how I met earthquake because see because see right there. I realized that I wasn't ready for what they were offering. And they and the, and the great thing about it was they were waiting to see me. It was so much respect that they had booked me at this club. They said, man, Rashawn coming. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like they did it out of disrespect. They were just showing me their best. And they go, okay, Rashawn, let's see what you got. And brother, I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't pretty for me. <laughs> <laughs> earthquake. Earthquake was there. He know. It was not pretty. I walked off that stage. Look at him. I walked out that stage. I went to me a radio shack. I got me a little recorder. And I just started working my act in my dressing room. I ain't going to get nothing to eat. Because that's what it's all about, man. That stage. That defines who you are, man. Isn't that true? Yes, it is. And what we call it is the anchor. (laughs) You know it's the anchor, especially when you're dealing with our people. They don't give you but so many times. Remember like we say, they get the rock two times, and on that third rock, <laughs> that boo coming right behind. Absolutely, they absolutely. And they're in that chair, and they look around, and they're like, man, I'm getting tired of this. Now, now you, you, you had a strong foothold in radio. Do you want to get back on radio, Earthquake? Yes, I want to. I want to get back into radio. My goal is, to, I mean, you already, I look at you. And no comparison other than this is like the Trump father did. Put the pathway down there for us to go. You and Steve has shown how it is. Yes, sir. If I could elevate anything, it's the same way. Sit down here. You know, WBLS was great for me. Yes, sir. But it didn't give me the opportunity to be syndicated. I didn't go all the way to New York to be in one radio station. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do like y'all did. I wanted to be Mr. Afternoon Drive. And then from <laughs> Prepare, I mean, propel myself with a TV show, mm-hmm. expand my brand, and do different things. And as I talk to my consumers in the morning, pull them to come watch me in the evening. 
Well, that, that's, that's what I. I that's important know. to hear, but that's important to hear because I want I want to hear that because of the fact that you know I'm always working, and you know opportunities are always coming my way, and I am an earthquake fan, and I thought, and I feel the things you did on radio were not only you know you, profound. When I say profound, you had something to say. See, there's a lot of people just funny, but you also articulate social issues, which I thought was really important because it comes out in your comedy anyway. Yes. Yes. And my favorite joke right now, Trump be lying to us like we don't have Google. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Black people got Google now, man. <laughs> the thing about it is that when you go political, when you go social, when you go financial, the whole thing in this whole world, earthquake, is for me to let you know that, man, is that this is a relationship phone call, but it's also a call phone call to help other people understand how, why you've been successful for so long, the fire is not, has not went away, and then there are other options out there that are growing for you that, guess what, you're about to hear about you on the horizon on a bigger level because you are constantly building your brand. I mean, you can, I, I, listen, success is determined upon your potential. You know, I, I, I get so tired of people saying, man, I thought you would always be here or you'll be there. Mm-hmm. And I say, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you you expect that, but I'm still going. Yes. Every day is a journey. Mm-hmm. It ain't over until they put you down in the ground, brother. Mm-hmm. You, you have to strive every day, and your and your work ethic is the only thing that separates you from other people that even have an inkling of your talent. You can have all the talent in the world, but if your talent ain't with your work ethic, it ain't going nowhere. And I just work, man. I work. I refresh my. I refresh. I make sure I have a new fresh set every year to mm-hmm. come out there so people who sees me get to see uh, another show, another different, see my growth. And I just <laughs> learned from you and Steve, man, because y'all work, man. Y'all work. Y'all used to beat the roosters up. Well, guess what? We still beat the roosters up. And I'm going to just tell you this. The great thing about life is being out of sight, out of mind. Brother, you, you're back on my radar. You'll be hearing from me this week on a good conversation that I want to extend beyond because you are a super talent. I want to thank you for calling in, not just talking to me, but letting people in the radio game, in the social media game, understand how a talent like you will be successful, how to sustain yourself, and guess what? The game always changes and you adjust. Correct? You know it. It must. And since you says, please, please have all your listeners follow me on Instagram at the real earthquake. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. He's been on the. He's been in my life for a long time. He showed me what it meant to go on stage and have your act together as a comedian. He's my man, the real earthquake. Follow him on Instagram, the real earthquake. Th- earthquake. Thank you, my brother. I got to bring her up. My next guest. You can call her a comedian. Call her a writer, actress, executive producer, entrepreneur, television host, whatever you prefer. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the undisputed queen of comedy, Samoa. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Samoa. The whole world is waiting on the eclipse. Come on now. Come on now. They're out there. (laughs) I told them at the top of the show, you can look up there, but it ain't going to last long. Need to be looking straight ahead. That's where your job opportunities are at. Am I am I am I missing something? Should I go outside? I don't know what to do. <laughs> no, you ain't missing nothing because good. I've, I've I've been old enough to experience a, a previous eclipse where they told me to put a pinhole through a piece of paper 
And then I could look at the sun. So I know ain't nothing up there. I done saw nothing up there. Now they try to make it like the, the dogs ain't going to bark. The ants ain't going to move. You know, the, the elephants going to look at each other strange. They just try to make a story up there and sell them glasses. I took, I took me three vitamin D pills, and I said, I'm good. I don't know what else is going to happen after that. Some more, I'm going to tell you something. Um, thank you for calling on Money Making Conversation. And really well, what this show is about me. is that I'm not trying to put no pressure because you're naturally funny anyway. It's really to help educate people about being successful. That right. every road to success is paved differently. Yes, and, it is. You know, and, and, and I've been fortunate to see your journey. And, and I'm going to say this up top is that you have created a raw sex appeal. And in, in, in the in the in the female comedian genre that I think is very powerful. Am I wrong in saying that? Um, that's that's cool. That's cool to be your perspective. I, that's cool. I can accept that. That's nice. Because because <laughs> the reason I say that is that is that is that it's nothing wrong. Because you know because a lot of people think that you can't be be you know you have to be a certain way. You got to be you know clothes baggy or. You know, a little clownish, a little goofy. Well, you know, you know, for a long time, Hollywood's perception of black women being funny was fat, black, and unattractive. That's what I'm talking about. Come on now. Come so on now. So it was for a, for a long time, that was just a perception. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think we're still breaking down stereotypes with that. And uh, I just I just was here to prove that we can be funny and, and, and look all different types of ways. Now, now, in making that journey, because, you know, your success is, you know, here's the deal. My, you know, my older sister going to always take credit for discovering <laughs> you at the hip-hop comedy style, you know. Right. Because I would just tell you, a quick history about Samoa and I. I had a comedy club in 1992 called the Hip-Hop Comedy Stop. And and we used to bring in unknown talent. And then we mm-hmm. we made our money on headliners that had a TV credits. And my sister was coming in for a month. She coming in with this videotape that Samoa sent to my club to get booked. I wasn't looking at it at all. Finally, I told her, okay, I'm going to just book her. I'm just going to book her. If you just right. leave me alone, Carolyn, I'm going to book her. I'm going to tell you something. I booked some more. She blew the headline off stage. Yes. <laughs> it didn't even mean to do that. I was just coming I mean, to have a good time. I mean, she was, my club was in Houston. I flew it from Atlanta, Georgia. I flew it from Atlanta. She hit that stage and messed everybody up. And that was the foundation for you being a star, you know, because you just had that natural gift to be great, and you've just carried it on. So and here's, and here's the thing that people didn't know: before I became a stand-up comedian, I was a I was a business owner. I owned my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, I owned my own store, mm-hmm. and then I used to be a uh, a substitute algebra teacher. Mm-hmm. So days when I wasn't working at my store, I would be I would be in uh, school in the high schools teaching algebra, right, right. and so. Um, before I became a comedian, I actually read a book, and I still tell people, refer pe- people to, to this book today. It's called How to Be a Stand-Up Comedian. Right. Mm-hmm. I read the entire book. Mm-hmm. I did exactly what the book said to do. Mm-hmm. I picked the persona that I wanted to go on stage to have. Right. Um, even from my name. My name, my real name is Lori. Right. I couldn't go up there and talk the junk that I was talking as Lori. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... I'm like, the people ain't going to buy that. Lori is this superhero. So I picked a name, and I said, if you give somebody something good, what would they want? They would want some more. Wow. Okay, I'm going with some more. And that's, and that's how it happened. And I did exactly what the book said to do. I wrote my material. I stuck to my persona. I worked on my delivery, and it worked. 
But it was a business. I approached it from a business perspective. Because your degree is in mathematics, correct? Right. My degree is in business administration, business a minister- minor in mathematics. Okay, because my degree is in mathematics. And the oh, reason, nice. The reason I bring that up because it is a certain analytical behavior that you have. You know, two plus two is always four. And, exactly. And so if you, and that means you're a planner. And that really, I'm telling you something, this is the first time I've heard this story. As many times we've talked, as many times we share the stage, that explains to me how your pattern of success, how you've always been a forward-moving person. And, and I plan everything. I write, I write notes every night before I go to bed. My day, what I'm going to do the next day, I have to plan. I am, I am a planner. I have to. I have to. I believe in structure. Right. And, and, I really do. And, and with that, with that, with that structure. So, so because you've done certain things, I think that's been really important. You know, you you headline tours, and then some tours you host. Is exactly. there is there a strategy in the hosting versus the headlining? What's well, that? Here's, well, here, yeah, okay. Here, here's the thing. First of all, I love stand up. Stand up is it, it it stole my heart. Mm-hmm. Like I loved it, and I loved it from. The time, the first time I ever seen Joan Rivers, I swear to you, like I was just <laughs> in awe, mm-hmm. in awe of mm-hmm. the of the the whole world of stand up. Like I said, I studied it, and for me, it's about the show, about it being a good show. It's never about just me as a performer. I want people to say, "Oh, that was a great show." Mm-hmm. So I always am concerned about my positioning on the show. Right. You know, one thing that people never understood with um, Deaf Comedy Jam, when they would see people have bad sets on Deaf Comedy Jam, and they never realized that sometimes it was the positioning on That's the right. show. That's right. The way people positioned That's you. Right. Or what you didn't know is that the audience stood outside for two hours to get in. It was cold. It was raining. Come on so they had, they had in a bad mood already. Right. You right. know, with stand-up, there's so many elements that go into your performance being successful. It, it really, really is. is. It really is. It's like you know. This is you know. The, 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 you're right on the money when you're talking about attitude, talking about positioning, and by taking advantage of things that are presented to you. For instance, here in '92, I'm telling you this. This young lady, you know, I would had I had to be forced to be on my comedy club <laughs> stage because guess what? I didn't want to take the time to put her on stage. Right. Guess what? I didn't think I had time. I I never heard of some more. Right. Like she just told you, she just made the name up. You know. <laughs> And so she blew my stage away. And then, what, two years later, you were the right. first female host of BET's Comic View? Exactly. Wow! Which was strategic in what I wanted to do. Like, I really made a lot, a lot of strategic moves, even down to, you know, like, I, I still, 25 years in the business, I go on stage with a list, a comedy list. Mm-hmm. And people always say, well, why you just don't go up and freestyle? I can, but I care about the quality of the show. (laughs) Right, right, right. I care about the quality of the show. Like, I know the theme of this presentation that I am going to give you all. Some kind of way all of these jokes will mesh with the overall theme of the show. Like, I'm that deep with it when it comes to doing stand-up. But that's what a lot of people miss is that they don't take the business side of life. And my my whole thing I tell people when they listen to the show or watch the show on Facebook is that, your story can be applied in so many different layers of life. You just happen yeah. to tell jokes because you're talking about, you know, planning your success. You're talking about, hey, getting up, you know, applying a, a plan of action and being consistent with your goal setting. And that's exactly. what this is all about. I have always been that way. I mean, just from even, you know, when you go into the grocery store with your mother, your mother, before y'all leave, she say, look here, <laughs> we going in here with this list. 
I'm not buying you this. I'm not buying you that. You get two things. You know, you had a, you had a structure. So when you get in there, we already know the game plan. Like I am just a planning person. I have to have structure to know what it actually what it, what it, what is I'm going into. And if it doesn't work for me, if it doesn't, if it won't, if I, I don't like to be put in situations where I don't. I'm not at my best light. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I tell people, if anything you do, you have to approach it as a business, and you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses and always be in your best light. And that's really important. So so when I ask you this question about, because I'm starting to see you more and more, you know, on social media. You know, I'm mm -hmm. talking about the, with the Facebook Live feeds. So, right. so why, 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 why are you doing that? Just, just strategic questions, because I just want to educate people well, I about don't, I don't. First of all, I, I, I'm so afraid of social media. <laughs> it's, it's so scary to me. It's so scary to me. And here's why it's scary to me. Okay. Because you're, you're open up and you're, you're being vulnerable to people who, first of all, may not know your whole story. Right. They don't, they don't care about your whole story. Right. And they can be evil and they can be mean. Mm -hmm. You know, so you, when, when, you, when you dibble and dabble in that particular arena, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta be careful because, you could come on there and they'd be like, your nose big. Now you right, mess right, my whole right, day right, up. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know now, is that the reason you wear shades? No, no. That ain't the reason. I love sunglasses. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I want to know because, you know, yeah, every time I, I see you, you have those shades on. You be looking. I wear sunglasses. Let me tell you, my outfit is not complete. <laughs> I start with the sunglasses. Oh, sunglasses okay. and shoes. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, people will say anything. Like, uh -huh. like. I, you look. I'm just not. I'm just not cut from that cloth where I'm right. used to having to, you know, deal with people uh, randomly. People's opinion yes. all the time. Yes. Yes. So yeah. yeah. And I can understand. I can relate to that because that's a big part of social media: having to deal with opinions, having to deal with people making comments about you. But they tell right. you that's, that's the that's the forward motion because if you don't participate, then you're not considered topical. You're not considered an influencer. So if it forces you in that lane that. That, guess what that determines whether or not you're successful in certain opportunities that they come your way. So with well, that being said... Here's, here's the thing also. Like, I don't worry about being relevant. Okay. Because okay. most people that are relevant have a sex tape out. <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah, true. in order to be relevant, you just got to do so many things to be relevant. Mm -hmm. But what I work on and I do challenge people to do right. is to be loyal to my brand or right. to be... If you if you're interested in a quality stand up, mm -hmm. then this is where you can it's come brilliant. to get it. But what what happened? What we're hap what's happening now is that I think the art of stand up is being convoluted with so many different different styles and different. You know, we're dealing with silly a lot too. Absolutely, and then to you're get dealing followers, with people, to get right, engagement. Right. You know, so it's it's one thing for somebody to be silly sitting in a car mm -hmm. or silly. For two minutes, two seconds, you seeing them on Facebook, right? Then to be silly, to be honest, doing stand up on stage. Thank you some more for calling in. I got to get you back on the air because wow, that was one of the most profound conversations I've ever had. Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible 
Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever, even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent, such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial, and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500.